Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Welcome to church, everybody. You can be seated. Isn't it great to have families together in the house of the Lord? What a gift it is to be able to worship right out here in the RM of Rocky View. And um, we just want to make sure that y'all know that we're doing our best to follow all the regulations. Doing our best. Just doing our best. Um, Thank you, worship team. And thank you for, yeah, thank you. That was excellent. Excellent. And it is how we fight our battles. When a song comes up in your heart, you need to express it, not just let it sit there. You need to speak it. Your, not just your words, but your worship has power. And um, I want to say how, uh, um, just how these last number of weeks and months have made me more intentional about how I pray, how I, how even how I carry my heart towards other people and um, there's a passage of scripture I just wanted to share because it's helped to uh, kind of follow up with last week's talk. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 8, it's just an introduction. Um, Even if I boast somewhat freely about the authority the Lord has given me for building you up rather than tearing you down, uh, the purpose of authority is to build people up. <laughs> part, part of that is the protecting of our welfare and... Um, I personally believe that church is an essential service and there is an agenda and assignment to silence the church. Uh, I said there's an agenda to silence the church (laughs) because as long as light stays in a closet, it doesn't doesn't push back darkness. And the purpose of authority and even and in in the the authorities, it's an abuse of authority not to build others up, I think. Because we, our leadership within the house of God anyway, we lead by serving and we serve by leading. Not that we're any better, but we're, we're, we're trying to exercise our gift that God's given us and serve the body of Christ. And uh, that's, what, that's what godly authority uh, is for. One of the biggest fears is fear of the unknown. And uh, last week I talked about uh, snapshots selfies and sound bites, and um, that'll be online today, I guess. Um, and I think that many times we make form judgments and opinions based on a little piece of information, just a little snapshot in somebody's life. It's not the true picture, it's just, a, it's just a moment in someone's life, and then we make judgments based on that moment. And our, our perceptions are formed by, by snapshots. And we're not given the whole story currently. There's another story that's being written that is unseen. But nevertheless, Scripture reminds us that there is a very clear agenda. And um, part of our perceptions, we form big perceptions based on little pieces of information. And so I will pray this morning that the Lord would keep us from extremes. Um, But... 
but part of our decision-making process is based on information that we get, and um, we're not getting the whole, whole picture. So I'm not going to say too much this morning, but I'm going to say a little bit, and I invite you to read between the lines. And um, it, there was a time when we were, we were free to say what we felt we were called to say. Uh, those days are being removed from us, and uh, I'm just starting to feel within my heart that there's a higher authority and a higher voice in the land. It's the voice of Jesus <laughs> speaking to his people. <laughs> there is a voice, and there's a king among of other kings. Matthew 24, verse 7 says that there will come a time when there will be, well, there'll be rumors of wars. There will be wars and rumors of wars. I just want to draw your attention to the word rumors, hearsay, gossip, and slander. There's lots of hearsay, gossip, and slander taking place currently among the global media. And, you know, bless them. Uh, he, he, there's nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's never been a clearer evidence about kingdoms coming against another kingdom right now. Um, if, if, if you're wondering why you're here this morning, it's like, I bet the Lord has something to say to you. I'll bet. So let's have ears to hear what the Lord might want to say to us. And... Um, I want to talk about um, this morning about why we gather. Our why, uh, we've we tried to distill the things that we believe and the actions, they come out of four core values. Many would say that the Bible is a good book. We believe it's an authoritative book, that it's breathed from by the very breath of heaven and that it is living and it's powerful and it's the only thing that can separate soul and spirit and there's lots of soul going on right now. We believe that the result of uh, reading a God-breathed word will be a desire to move in the spirit. We're unapologetically spirit-filled people, spirit-powered people, and spirit-led people. Whatever that might mean, we're trying to be that. We, we believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father, not a way, the only way. <laughs> There's one way to the Father. It's Jesus. We can argue and talk, and we don't argue, but we can talk about all kinds of other things about what's going on, but we can't argue about Jesus. <laughs> He's not up for grabs. And, um, and lastly, we believe that those three priorities only function when they are played out in the context of relationships. That, that you can believe all you want, but if it doesn't translate into learning to love one another, uh, it's useless. Love unexpressed is useless. Faith without an action, a corresponding action, is dead. So faith actually, a, a, a synonym for faith is trust. What's being tested these days is our image of God. Because you won't tr trust someone who's angry at you. Am I right? You won't trust somebody who doesn't love you. Am I right? You don't see God as being good and loving and happy. Some people think that's a heresy. I, he's extremely happy. He's very well adjusted. He's not upset. He's, uh, he's, he's fun to be around. Um, and, and he is, he is expressed clearly in the life and function of Jesus. We now see, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You want to know what God's like? Look at Jesus. So we get our image of God from Jesus. That's where it comes from. And of course, throughout history, his names are expressed, how that's expressed. And I just want to say that one of the reasons that we gather, there's about a hundred and or 200 reasons why we gather. And um, 
and, and, and there's reasons that there are forces to keep us from gathering. Because one will put 1,000, but two will put 10,000 to flight. We are so much more powerful together. As long as we can remember that we're called together. We are the ecclesia, the called out ones. That's who we are. And if you heard the call and you picked up the call, the call would say, get to a local church. <laughs> Sometimes we say amen in this church. It's phenomenal. <laughs> it gives me so much courage to keep on going. Um, I, I, I am going to say some things today that will be uh, beneficial for you. But, but here's one of the reasons we gather is because we can't do the Great Commission alone. You understand that there's been a commission going all the world and preach the gospel, right? How are you doing with that individually? Because we are not just believe the Bible, we obey it, right? So how are you doing with the Great Commission? May I suggest that the church is one of the most pr prolific and profound thrashing harvest machines in the earth. And we can help together fulfill the Great Commission. Alone, it's a little bit harder, but together we become very powerful. Um, we're told to go and make disciples. How are you doing at making disciples individually? That's not as easy. But together, it's profoundly purposeful and much more fruitful. So when the scripture says that the thief comes to steal, may I ask you today, do you know who the thief is? Before you answer, uh, I'm not suggesting it's purely and simply the devil. Because we'd like to blame him for most stuff that we get into ourselves. Anything that steals or kills or destroys is an enemy. Anything. And, and I suppose were I to make the assessment of who that thief is, many times that thief is none other than myself. You know, fear is a thief. And, and insecurity is a thief. And all these things, they, they keep us from becoming and doing, they, 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 and they steal from us. So... Amen. Preach it. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to preach it. Matthew chapter 13, I want to talk about the miracle of the soils. The, 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 it's not the parable of the sower. The sower, is, the, the sower is not the issue. The issue is the soil, Matthew 13. And the miracle of the soil is soils can change. That's the miracle. Whatever soil I your heart is today, it's able to change. And so uh, as we read this, I just want to read the summary. Then he explained to them, um, you've been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom. Others have not. To those who are open to my teaching, to those who are open, his teaching is available to those who are open. That might suggest that those who are closed, it's not available to them. Are you open to the teachings of Jesus? Just, you know, <laughs> it's an interactive place right, right here. I move way faster when I get nods. Um, I, I got a time, timer up there, but that won't mean nothing if I don't get any nods. <laughs> um, he says, to those who are open. So, which is a suggest, could suggest to us that not all of us are open. And to those who are open, he says, more teaching, to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and he will have an abundance of knowledge. And to those who are not listening, even what they have will be taken away from them. Doesn't say the Lord, the Lord's not a thief. But he says, he, he's making a point here about the thing, the, 
that in order for us to grow, in order for us to keep on developing, we need to be open to the teachings of Jesus. That's why I tell these stories, because people see what I do, but they don't really see. Can you see and not really see? I mean, we either see or don't. I mean, isn't there, why is there three options there? Like it's A, B, there's no door C. Isn't it just I see or I don't see? It says, <laughs> it, it says, that these people see what I do, but they don't really see. Did you know the Lord's doing a new thing on the land right now? He's doing a new thing around us right now. Do you see it? Do you perceive it? Why would he have to ask that? Because our eyes need to be open to what he's doing. And to those who, uh, because there's people who will see what I do, but they don't really see. They'll hear what I say, but they won't really hear, and they don't understand, which fulfills the prophetic word of Isaiah you will hear my words, but you won't understand them. You'll see what I do, but you won't perceive them, its meanings. For the hearts of the people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear. They have closed their eyes, so their eyes can't see. Who's doing this? It's a personal choice that we make. Lord's not closing your eyes. He's not closing your ears. That's a, cho that's a choice that you make, you and I make. They will not, is what it says. Their eyes cannot see, their ears cannot hear, their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn and, they, and let me heal them. God wants to heal you, not, but not unless you believe he wants to heal you and turn to him for healing. Some of you think, I'm not sure if God's healing. Well, I guess you're stuck with it, aren't you? I believe he heals. I believe he can heal you supernaturally in an instant while you're worshiping. Why? Because what we as we magnify him, it says as we get a clear vision of him, we actually become more like him. And you know what? He's not dealing with any diseases. <clears throat> so as our, our perspective gets shifted uh, in, in, in worship, um, so here's the beautiful thing uh, we can change. Our relationship with Jesus is non-existent without prayer, the word, the spirit, and relationship with others. You may not specifically agree with me, but which is completely fine. Nobody ever has to agree with me. You, you can go on believing and agreeing with whoever you want to. This is quite fine. You've got, you're, you're free to do that. <clears throat> but he says... We're told in 1 John that you can't say that you love me, but don't love people. So your relationship with the Lord is largely uh, equal to uh, thereabouts, your relationship with other people. So you can have the greatest revelations, but they don't translate into love. He said all of the laws and the prophets are summed up in this, would you, would you just love each other? If you, can you, could you just, and of course the answer is, dang, without his help, we can't. Okay, so, so here, there we have it. Let me do a quick review. <clears throat> I believe the Lord is doing a new thing. We, we looked in the book of Acts. The boys were getting behind on the schedule about going into all the world and preaching the gospel in Acts chapter 10. <clears throat> so the Lord decided he wasn't changing Peter's diet. He was actually getting him to move off his elitist, racist worldview. And he said, uh, so he laid, put down a, claw, uh, a sheet, and, uh, and in there he said, take, kill, and eat. He wasn't, wasn't endorsing hunting at this point or changing his diet. What he was doing was getting him to change his worldview and begin to do what I told you to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples. He's trying to get him to change his worldview because he's able to see, but he's not able to see. And even when he saw, he couldn't see. And he told the Lord he was, wasn't right. No, Lord, he said. I've always ate the right stuff. Whatever. The Lord is doing a new thing. He's trying to reach the Gentiles. What if we could get out of our own paradigm, our own limited worldview. And what if it takes, for, uh, maybe it takes three visions for you. I, I'm assuming it's going to take at least that. <laughs> I, uh, for me, it's going to take at least that. So then he finally gave up after three. He said, okay, that's enough. Three guys are going to show up at your door. And um, would you go with them? Because I'm trying to get you into the house of a Gentile. 
And he was saying, no, Lord, no, Lord. He's trying to do a new thing. But he was unable to see, even though he was unable to, and he, oh, even though he was seeing, he was unable to see. That's my point. <clears throat> unable to hear because he didn't want to hear. What happens if we hear? Then we need to do. The one thing that will keep you from hearing the voice of God is not being willing to do what he asks you to do. Now, th- now, every husband in the house knows what I'm about to say right now, and every woman, and the man will probably say, don't let the secret out. We hear our, women, our, our wives asking us to do something. Our women, what a... <laughs> our wives... <laughs> we hear someone in the harem... <laughs> Help me, Lord. <coughs> we hear our wives asking us to do something. And what do we do? And I'm probably the only one. We ignore that we heard her. Why? Because if we heard and acknowledged that we heard, we'd have to... This, this is the same with teenagers. My mom reminded me between services. You know, teenagers like that too. They just, don't, they just can't acknowledge that they hear because then they'll have to do. It's, it's what happens when we read the scriptures. Oh, it didn't say that. That means now I have to do that. Just, you know that hear and obey come from the same root word. And in order for us to obey, we have to hear. In order for hear, we have to be willing to obey. The Lord, here, <coughs> and here's what we will do. We'll actually hear, but we won't hear. It's such a, it's such a contradiction. Ah, oh, but I just explained it. So now you're responsible for it. Have fun with that. But we close our ears because we don't want to obey. We'd rather just harden our heart. So, so Peter was doing that, and, and I think it's, it's happening <coughs> around us um, right now. And there's two things that blind us to Christ's work around us and in our world. That's pride and personal opinions. Until we're willing to lay down our personal opinions, we actually won't get a new one. It's exchange. It's transaction. He said, I'll give you beauty, but you need to give me your ashes. Oh, I like my ashes. Okay, I'll keep moving. One of the reasons we gather is to support biblical values. You need to be aware that biblical values are under attack like never before on the earth. <coughs> like never before. I, and, and if you can believe it, for some crazy reason, we've nor- normalized pedophilia. Have, have you seen the trash? Have you... And, and we're... Jesus said, a time will come when your good will be called evil and your evil will be called good. Welcome to the 21st century. This is where we're at. If you can believe it. And, and, then, and, then, and then the California government lowering the laws for certain sexual acts with children. This is criminal. And if the people of God continue to keep a blind eye and continue to keep their mouth shut and continue to just put pictures of what you're eating for dinner on your Instagram, nothing will change. But somebody's got to get a revelation from the heart of God and say, enough is enough. We're not going to take it anymore. It's insanity. Are you kidding? I want my kids protected. I want my grandchildren protected. I want my family protected. Just stop it. But as long as you keep yourself muzzled, as long as you keep yourself quiet, we live in our own little world of self-deception, and the spirit of deception is running rampant in the world right now. We're falling from, for the original lie called lawlessness. We want to be a law unto ourselves. 
and it's in the land today. There's a massive battle, and many government officials would like the church to remain silent in a time like this. There's, a, there's agendas to silence us and to keep us from declaring who the king really is. I just want to say I'm not going to be silent, and I will not be silenced. <clears throat> um, Psalm 11 and verse 3, it says, The foundations of law and order have collapsed, and what can the righteous do? What happens when the foundations are collapsed? There's only one answer. We rebuild the foundations. And it begins with prayer and the word and being obedient to the spirit and loving one another. Learning a brand new level of empathy for each other. Not criticizing, not judging, not pointing out faults, but building up one another. That's the authority we've been given to build up one another Y'all know that I stand for freedom. Freedom only exists in an environment of choice. When choice is removed, you no longer have freedom. I, do I need to tell you that a lot of our choices have been removed? You may have an illusion that you're living in, in freedom. A welcome to the delusion. Our, our choices are being removed. I'm not going to say too much, but I'm going to say enough. So read between the lines. Um, Many choices are being removed. With freedom comes responsibility. Since you and I have freedom, we have we, with freedom always comes responsibility. The only time that free responsibility doesn't come with freedom is if you're an infant. Mature people, here's what, and here's what I need to say, and you'll probably misunderstand this, whatever, I've got worse emails. But we're not living in a day where it's enough to be a Christian. You need to be a disciple of Christ. It's a different day. It might have been okay a year or two ago to be sloppy about your disciplines. This is not the day. We got to ratchet that all up. It might have been okay to just watch this for a little while, do this for a little while. It's not the day. Day's changed. We're in a different time. We need to be spending more time listening to the voice of God, l reading our scriptures, meditating on scriptures than we do listen to YouTube, CNN, and Fox Network. One of the reasons that we gather is to support biblical values. <clears throat> so that's what I'm doing right now. Um, Jesus warned the people. He said, as it was like in the days of Noah. He, I, I'm just going to add on to the whole Nephilim agenda. As it was in the days of Noah. What was happening in the days of Noah? They would not listen to the warnings. As it was in the days of Noah. Oh, it's going to be fine. It's gonna, what do you mean rain? You know, rain. Haven't heard of rain. What do you mean it's going to rain? Build a what? As it was in the days of Noah, people will ignore the warnings and they'll ignore the signs. Open the bow peeps, people. <laughs> uh, my neighbor, uh, Paul, I call him the apostle. Uh, he, um, he's a microbiologist. And uh, I told him, uh, he, usually, he usually smells what we're cooking. My neighbor, and he, he's like, looks over there. I see, he smells what we're cooking, and, and um, I told him how much, because he's an Italian, I told him how much I love carbs. And he says, he, so he's a microbiologist, and he says, you know with carbs, when you eat them, they just turn into carbon dioxide. And I go, nice. It's so, it's so nice when, when, when people, like we, we find people that are, that are trying to support something that may not be that great for us. I love carbs. I, maybe, <laughs> maybe, 
maybe he's onto something. I think I'm going to believe that by because it reinforces my own nutrition habits. Am I the only one that does that? We're only going to listen to the stuff that we like, and we're only going to read the stuff that we like. Or people, are we going to be those that allow the Lord to open our eyes and open our ears to hear what he's saying to the church? And he's speaking. Are we listening? Point number two, three, four. I'm going to move along pretty fast now. We gather to grow. One of the reasons we're here together is to grow. But one of the reasons you're gathered here today is to get a new idea. I mean, if you come with your own and you're not willing to budge, you'll leave with the same way you came. But if you're willing to be open, the Holy Spirit is present to teach you and instruct you in certain ways. And he might use me, he might not. I've had many people say, what a great message on forgiveness. I said, what? I, didn't talk, I, was, I was talking about something. No, but that's what I heard. Okay, good. You were instructed. Good. I can easily get in the way of what the Lord wants to say to you. Very, too easily. Um, so we, come, we get together to grow. The local church is a place of development and maturity. And the resistance to grow has never been greater. We'd rather, rather criticize people who don't agree with the same th things we do. We'd rather do that than actually one, hmm, I wonder if that's worthy of a little bit of research. Um, we live in a time when it's not enough to be a Christian. We need to be a disciple. We constantly need our perspective refined and shaped. Church, local church, when you gather here together, it's a place of refinement and maturity and growth. When we look at babies, they're so cute. So cute. You look at little puppies, oh, so cute. When they grow up, they're like dogs. So cute when they're so small. So cute, young believers, hey, they come to Christ, they got these in it. Oh, so cute. We have a neighbor that has a, a Burmese mountain dog. It, it was probably cute at one point. It was a little puppy. It's no longer cute. It's like a Holstein cow going down the sidewalk. It's, it's not cute. It's really cute when we're infants to do infants things. But when you're 21, you no longer act like an infant. We're here not to be force-fed. We're here to grow. You get to make a choice. Uh, we gather to support family values, to develop, to serve, to love, to grow. Um, we believe in the church universal. When you give your life to Christ, wherever that was, at a camp, somewhere on our riverbank, you instantly were part of the universal church. Beautiful. Bod body of Christ, universal. And you're also, if you live in a certain city, you're actually part of a city church. In the book of Revelation, there was an angel that addressed the, 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 the church in that city. There's a church in the city. We are part of a city church. Yesterday, I was praying for our police staff downtown in the, in the Olympic Plaza. Why? Because I'm part of the city church of Calgary. I have a responsibility to serve and grow and contribute. That's my part. When you're kids, that's okay. Mom makes the sandwiches. But when you're 18, you make your own sandwiches. <laughs> like, grow up, right? It's not cute anymore for us to have to feed you and clean you and sanitize you. and Do it yourself. There's a few moms going like this, and the dads are going, what, didn't, is that something going on? I don't know. <coughs> so... But, but we're also part of a local church where we're shaped. It says, in, it says that he puts the lonely into families. One of the greatest di disorders in the planet right now is loneliness. And he puts you in a local family of faith. Your role is to stay put. So quiet, this Pentecostal church. It's just so quiet. 
But he puts you, why? Did you know that ongoing loneliness uh, affects you physically the same as 15 cigarettes a day? I didn't make that up. <coughs> I can't find the source for it, but I didn't make it up. <laughs> 15 cigarettes a day. Being, being, are we there already? Melody, are we been? Come on, that's okay. I'll, I'll go through the next ones quick. No, 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 but what's he do? Here, here, anybody lonely? He'll put you in a body. He'll put you in a family. And here's what you'll find. I don't want to be in a family. Yeah, well, grow up in a family. That's what happens. Otherwise, you're an orphan. God doesn't want you to be orphans. Um, I'm going to, these next three points are going to go very fast. When, when, when families don't gather, we scatter. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19, he says, you're members of a family. You, you, listen, you, your family, how would your family go if you did everything on the internet? You fall apart. You can't do that. God bless you. Do church online, or, but, but eventually you're going to have to show up face to face. Eventually, if you're going to be part of a family, you're going to have to show up at the table. You can't just, what would a marriage be like if everything was online? Just, uh, it would just be a disaster. I mean, some people are trying to do that right now. Like, it's no, you've actually got to show up. <laughs> I'm not going to keep going. I'm, a, I'm just limited. I'd get in real trouble if I did that. But to honor your mother and father, you have to have one. Who's yours? Who's your mother and father? Mother and father faith. But to honor them. Do you have one? When was the last time you honored them? I don't mean earthly fathers, I mean spiritual mothers and fathers. Can't name one, you're probably an orphan. You're outside of fellowship, protection, revelation, and development. I find arrested development around me all the time. The Peter Pans of the world, I don't want to grow up, I don't want to grow up. And what happens when they come into a family and the, and the Holy Spirit is present to discipline and correct and direct and to help you to mature, they go, they go running to another place until someone tries to direct them and correct them and protect them over there, and then they run to another place. And we got a whole bunch of Peter Pans running around and not growing up. When we come together, but that person is over there and they don't, yeah, well, get over that. That's the whole point. That's the whole point is to pluck the plank. As you notice, when you notice there's something about another person, but the Holy Spirit is revealing something about you. This is called personal development, self-mastery. Deal with yourself. Don't deal with them. That's the worst form of rejection is trying to change somebody. Don't even try that. That's terrible. I'll just finish with um, a nicer, warmer. Uh, what do I want to say? I want to say, um, until we see God as Father, we will not assume our role as a son or daughter. We, we, because we would prefer a master, someone to tell us what to do. We prefer to live in Egypt as taskmasters rather than have our, make our own choice. We would prefer that. You have freedom to choose. The only, the only thing God can't save you from is yourself. It's a pity. We gather we gather to give. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, brothers and sisters, uh, let me summarize what I'm saying. When you meet, he doesn't assume that we're not going to meet. He says, when you meet, prepare before you come. We gather to give. Why? Because we're part of a family and we contribute. I just, I, I can't get over some people, they come for supper and they don't ask what they, they can bring. Hot button. <laughs> okay. Um, it says when you get together, hey, when you meet, one sings, one teaches, and that has a special revelation. He says when you come together, don't come empty-handed. Bring something. Come to church with a, with a word of encouragement for somebody. Come to church prepared to bless somebody. What does that mean? Oh, what, it means whatever. I guess you can't hug, but 
slip my 50. Like, just come prepared. That always blesses people, doesn't it? Right? Have Holy Ghost handshakes. Woo, what's that? Woo. <clears throat> but when we come together, we, we come to give. I'm not talking about just money. I'm coming to, I'm saying when you gather together, you gather together to contribute. You bring a gift. You bring a skill. When you gather, it wasn't great for Charmaine to lead us in worship. She came today prepared to give. And you know what? We were blessed. Hey, y'all got a gift. Did you know that? Y'all got a gift. When you come to church, you come prepared to give. Come prepared to serve. You come prepared to share. I mean, it's okay. You can come empty-handed for a while. But as we grow up, you come prepared to contribute to the family. You bring that whole, that, that special recipe of beans you got. You bring it to the table. Oh, I'm re- Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we can go home now. I got it off my chest. Third, third John 2, it says, I pray that you prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. When one part of your body is prosperous, it blesses the other part. When you come into the house of God, when one part is healthy, it blesses the other part. You can come limping and crying and wailing for a while, but actually you should get healed eventually. And then what's your responsibility? is to heal others. When one part's blessed, the other part's blessed last point surely it's the last point Lord we gathered war Judges chapter 3 and verse 2 I don't know if you've seen this before you often wonder why didn't why didn't they just completely clean up Canaan it says here is they did this why, why was there still more battles to fight he did this to teach warfare to generations of the Israelites who had no experience for battle I feel this so deeply we have generations of young men and women that don't know how to war. They don't know how to use the weapons of their warfare. They don't, and for many of them, they don't even know that they're in a war. Those that don't know they're in a war have already lost. There's generations. There's a few enemies still in the land. Why? To teach you to war. Why didn't the Lord kick them all out? Because he wants you to war. Why? So you can feel like you're a warrior. People tell me they're overcomers. I want to know, what do you overcome? No, well, that's what it says in the Word. Yeah, yeah, but what have you overcome? Well, nothing but I read it there. Well, you're tricking yourself. When we step outside of a family of faith, we become very vulnerable to attack. When biblical values are not supported and the presence of God is not seen as sacred, darkness sneaks in. Paul Paul said, "I I don't war like I'm beating the air. Let me say this very nicely with tongue-in-cheek. There's many people that show up in churches that are, and their warfare is just beating the air. We're at war. There was a group of people that came up to Jesus and said, we need another sign to know that you're Messiah. He said, I've given you enough signs. How many signs do you need? You don't need another sign. You need to get on with the signs you already have. Gossip, slander, rumors are turning people against one another. And the global bias of the media is spinning their version of the narrative. You and I need to be awake because God's doing a new thing in the land. We need to be spending more time in the Word than we do on news channels. It's time to be a disciple. It's time to dust off that Bible that's sitting there in the coffee table just taking up space. It's time to not just hear the Word of the Lord, it's time to heed the Word of the Lord. We need, we, we, we are in those <clears throat> days where he says, it, be steadfast, unmovable, abounding, enthusiastic in the work of the Lord because you know your work's not in vain in the Lord. Work? Yeah, it's work. My grandpa used to say work never hurt no one. It's the work of the ministry. It's, it, it's work. 
We contend for family. We contend for inheritance. We contend for goodness. And my golly, we better contend against the uncleanness that's pushing into our land, coming out of our devices and our TVs everywhere. Dear Lord, Jesus said, a time is coming and now is. We need a gospel that includes the kingdom. We need salvation that includes discipleship. And we need relationship that includes lordship. Stand with me as I pray for you before we close. Greatest miracle is not raising the dead. It's when a life is transformed by the power of God. The greatest miracle is salvation of a soul. If you're here and don't know Christ the Savior this morning, in these next 90 seconds, you're able to make a decision for Christ. It's not about joining a church, not even about saying a prayer. It's about in your heart saying, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God and he died for my sin. If that's you here today, <clears throat> I'd like you to slip up your hand and I'll pray for you wherever you are. If that's you, don't know Christ the Savior. If that's you, I'll pray for you. <clears throat> Father, it appears to me that we live in a time of great polarity. And our good is being evil spoken of. And you said, don't let that happen. God, I pray for the mouths of these men and women that they would begin to speak up. They begin to show up. And they'd be able, with great courage and confidence, be able to say, enough is enough. We're not going to be pushed around, shut down, silenced any longer. Lord, I pray that the voice of the warriors of the body of Christ would begin to be heard across the land, not just in their bedrooms not just in their kitchens, not just in their private cars, but it begins to echo in the streets of our cities. Father, I pray that your word would have preeminence within our heart and our lives, and we'd be willing to be led by your spirit that leads us into places, <coughs> excuse me, where we may feel that we're alone. But you said, if you go through fires, you'll not be alone, I'll be with you. Lord, I pray for a conviction in the hearts of these men and women to know the, the, the position that, and the posture of a true warrior and that they will not back down and they'll not back up. Lord, let your spirit arise in men and women today and let there be a revival of the word of the Lord. I declare over these men and women, Lord, they're not just Christians. They're disciples of the Most High God. And today we commit ourselves, Lord, to hearing clearly what you're saying and confirming that by studying your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for being in church through those doors goes disciples. Now, before you go, you need to just sit down for a second. We changed the service, and we've got one more little segment if you just turn your head towards the screen. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.